right? This episode is about an article from nfx.com. It's one of my favorite accelerators. It's a tech, of course, startup accelerator. And, and that's because it used to be an invite-only accelerator in Bay Area, in Israel. And uh, based on some of the companies I've seen, uh, they came out from the program and some of the people that are part of it, uh, like Pete Flint, who sold Trulia for about a billion dollars. Well, he recently joins, there were, there were other people who were involved. It was really cool before, it's even cooler now with Pete. Um, but uh, I just got an email from them today. I was gonna read this article on my own, so I might as well read it with you guys as well. Um, I just walked for about 15 minutes, so that's why my, my breathing is a little heavier than normal. But let's get right into this. So the article is about nine habits of world-class startups. This is by James Courier. You can find him on Twitter at James Courier. James, then C-U-R-R-I-E-R. James is a managing partner at NFX, a seed and series A venture firm based in San Francisco. All right, so startups that grow into transformative companies do two things. They nail the basics and they cultivate the right habits, core operating principles. First is mandatory. If you don't get the basics right, in all probability your company won't succeed. At least things we consider basics. Fundraising, don't run out of capital. Ship, don't just talk about it, ship it. Customer focus, live and breathe the customer experience. Growth, find an effective way to scale. EQ, emotional. Uh, hire well and get along, so emotional intelligence, I guess that is. Ethics, stay legal. In addition to getting this right, something that often goes unobserved is that world-class companies embrace similar operating principles which help them make revolutionary. When we see these habits in companies, we take special notice. Below are nine, there are more, but this is a good place to start. Number one, have a flexible passion. Be prepared to stretch what interests you. Founders who only want to do one thing usually end up failing. Inevitably, what ends up working is a little different than what they thought. Founders must have flexible passion. They can be tied down to a single, immovable set of tactics. All startups have to learn and adapt. You likely end up serving a different customer, in a different geography, in a different way than you thought. So true. Learn to expand your curiosity and acquire new interests. Become interested in payments, not collaboration. Software, for example. This is a mental leap you likely have to do. You have to take it some point as a founder. Two, make it a network. It doesn't have to be a social network or marketplace. There are many types of networks. Whatever you choose, it's important to be always be finding ways to switch your product from single player to multiplayer as soon as you can. If you do that, instead of having to deliver all the value to your customer yourself, you can set up a flywheel and have your customer create value for each other. Absolutely. Single player products increase their value to the user at a linear rate. Multiplayer network products can become more valuable at an exponential rate. If it's not a multiplayer network of some kind, always be asking yourself, how do I build network effects? If you can't build network effects, how are you defensible 
and how do you create value? Example of companies that moved to multiplayer mode after starting off single player include Apple, adding iOS, a two-sided platform network. I'm not sure I catch that. Huh. Open table. I guess Apple and iOS was what I message. Is it two-sided platform network? Open table. SaaS software for restaurant open to the market, open to a marketplace. Yeah, they allowed consumers to book. Systematic was a single-player app. Instagram cloned it and made the network. Point three, find the white hot center. In every market you're targeting, there's going to be an irregularity. If you look rapidly and smartly enough, you will typically be able to find some subsection of people who are much, much hungrier for your product. A small group within your potential customer base that's highly engaged, motivated. People who are burning white hot for your product. Sometimes these people aren't necessarily who you thought your target customer was. In fact, there's often what we call non-utilizers. People who perhaps weren't using anything before, but for whom your product enables something transformative. Typically, A, get into the business and start making money. B, to make more money than where before. C, to look good to others. Or D, to accomplish some other goal that they couldn't if your product didn't exist. Once you find this white hot center, you'll be surprised at how fast it can bleed into other segments from there. Amazon narrow, narrowly targeted readers as a white hot center in the online retail market and expanded from there to the everything store. Facebook started as a photo sharing for college students who had 50% daily retention and magnificent, magnificent signal of white hot engagement. Open doors started with Phoenix and there were and there are only five types of homes. Cell phones start with business people. The list goes on. So it shows, for instance, eBay. There's a graph that shows how eBay started with collectibles. Hire started with engineers. Open door started with Phoenix. We spoke about this already. Snapchat started with teens. Salesforce with sales. Uber with black cars. Number four, tell a compelling story. As a CEO, you're a storyteller in chief telling your story in compelling ways, adapting that story to the audience at the moment, and adapting that story to the audience at the moment is your most important job. It's what gets you all the resources to build your company. Your story is a narrative that everybody wants and needs to hear. It tells your customers what they can do for them. It tells your investors what they're investing in and what they can brag about. It tells your employees what they're getting involved with why they're turning down a whole lot of opportunities to join and stay with you. So your story can attract customers, press, capital, yourself, current team, new team. In the end, it even turns out that your story drives your own motivation, your own speed, your own excellence. I've seen companies that were dying because the management teams were depressed. Then they heard something from a customer or an investor that they were able to change the story. A new narrative transformed their energy, and the company began to turn things around. It's incredible how much of a catalyst a well-thought story can be for startups. It's great to have a lot of real stuff, concrete accomplishments, and numbers that you can point to, but unless you can tell the story well, it won't lead to anything. So as a founder, you have to do two things at once. 
you have to do something that's real, and you have to tell the story about what you're doing in a way that isn't boring. Keep in mind that the story isn't just an account, a representation of what you're doing. It is not an exact detailed recording of the step-by-step -step chronology of the events. This is why there's, there's an art to storytelling. Learn to leave out the boring details. I get that, Sil. I get that it's hard to do. Because the boring details in, in, are the reality you live every day. And it's easier to just directly relay your experience. But you have to tell the story with the audience in mind, not you in mind. Think about what's interesting to them. Use their words. Draw analogies to things that I already know. Putting in this effort will repay itself with interest. Storytelling should be your number one superpower as a CEO. Number five, the 11 of 13 rule. This is something I got from Dennis Hightower, who at the time was the head of Disney International. He asked me why I wasn't doing something and I responded by explaining the pros and cons of two different ways of doing it. Thoughtfully, he replied, you know, there are 13 ways of doing anything. 11 of them will work, just pick one and do it. The best founders avoid overanalyzing. At a startup, you don't have time, and the result will most likely be marginal. Pick a way and do it. Be consistently decisive. So true and so hard to do it. Go full speed. There's a quote here in the image. We're going in, and we're going in full, full throttle. That ought to keep the spiders off our back. Luke Skywalker, <laughs> Star Wars. Like an X-Wing fighter in Star Wars, your startup is small. So speed is your number one advantage. It is both the number one and number two indicators of your eventual success. Speed is a formula for success because rapid product beats the competition, rapid results build team morale, lead to even more results. Rapid results generate more interest from the press, customers, prospective hires, etc. Rapid results increase valuation. You could beat any grandmaster chess if you could move twice every time you move once. Speed gives you the edge. As a benchmark, you should be conducting two, sorry, 20, 100 experiments per month at a start. Uh, this is one of doing experiments at the start, it's so important. Unfortunately, because sometimes I guess the comes at the focus, um, sometimes you have to do it just secretly. Seven, start with a language. There's a graph about different languages. Language is the center of your company. Language is at the core, around it there's a product, then there's finance, marketing, design, legal, engineering, and sales. If you can explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough, said Albert Einstein. Most people say, we'll build a power, We'll build a product and then put language on top of it to explain to people. This is backwards. The question is, what are you to your customers? For them, what's the promise of what you're doing? This is that is communicated with language. <laughs> it's funny, there's two lemonade stands in a picture. One is a normal lemonade, no one's queuing for it. Another one says lemonade cleans. There's a ton of people around. Our reality is structured by language. Even if you don't have a product yet, you can get a long way just with the right words. Language is at the center of your company. It's not something you add later. Language is at the core of your company, even before our product. The most high impact companies think about language first. 
and the feature second. You can build a whole company on the power of a phrase. Find all friends, became classmates.com. Free IQ tests, became tickled. You can also change how people think about your product, including how, yours, how you yourself think about it. Number eight, test and iterate. So there's a graph here, no data, no learning. So this is, so there's a graph with uh, six balls. Starts, I don't know where it starts from, it starts with from build, build a product, measure. This is where things often break down. Data display, learn, ideas, build again, product, measure, data display, learn, ideas, and again, it's a circle. A startup is supposed to be a learning machine. In order to learn, you have to love your data. No data, no learning. Early stage CEOs should obsess about matrix. You must be committed to measuring. This is my Apple Watch. I'm sorry, let's let it go. Early stage CEOs should obsess about matrix. You must be committed to measuring and analyzing everything. 20 40%, 20 40% of engineering time labs be spent on measurement and reporting system. We've written before on the importance of KPIs and how to select them for more on the subjects here or KPI checklist. Once you've identified the right metrics to focus on, metrics that could change what you do, use them to continually test and iterate. Number nine, look for 10,000% changes in important metrics. Don't settle for incremental changes. Always be looking for the 10,000 changes that can take your business on a breakthrough growth trajectory. Most of us want to feel good at the end of each day, so we lie to ourselves and say we're improving emission by 5% or 20% was a good day. But for world class founders, that's not nearly good enough. Have the character and try not to settle. Keep pushing for 10,000% every day. This is a great article from NFX.com. Thank you for listening.